African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the rights to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, good morning. Welcome to African Dialogue. Happy Heritage Day if you're in South Africa. We are proudly celebrating our Heritage Day, which is a day to embrace our culture and our heritage. This is African Dialogue. I'm your host, Ayandam Kwanazi. You can listen to us on the DSTV channel 802, or you can live stream us on www.channelafrica.co.za. We're broadcasting to you live from our head offices in South Africa in Auckland Park at the SABC. Today, South Africa celebrates Heritage Day. Heritage Day acknowledges the role Africans played in South Africa's liberation as a reminder of how the country's heritage was achieved. Well, I've got great guests lined up for today. Well, thank you for joining us. This is African Dialogue. As I said before the news, happy Heritage Day. If you're in South Africa, uh, Heritage Day is being celebrated today in South Africa, a public holiday where we are encouraged to celebrate our culture and our diversity, our beliefs and traditions. Really a day to remember where we all come from because we all have a history. We all have a culture and a heritage to go back to. Well, Heritage Day used to be known as Shaka Day in KwaZulu-Natal, according to South African History Online. The day was made into a holiday to commemorate the Zulu King Shaka Zulu. But in 1995, the Public Holidays Bill was presented to the new Democratic Parliament of South Africa, but it didn't include Shaka Day. In response to this, the Inkata Freedom Party, IFP, a South African political party with a large Zulu membership, objected to the bill. Eventually, Parliament and the African National Congress, ANC, managed to reach a compromise with the IFP. They agreed for the day to become a holiday where all South Africans observed and celebrated their diverse cultural heritage. And we are a very diverse nation, aren't we? Well, to help us with this discussion, I'm joined in studio by Swaibo Variso, who's Executive Director at the African World Heritage Fund. And on the line, I've got Jane Mufamadi, who's the CEO of Freedom Park. Good morning to you both and thank you for joining us. Good morning. Good morning and thank you for having us. Let me start with you, Swaibo, in studio here. What's the significance of Heritage Day, especially in a, in a world where culture is so diverse or so diluted? Thank you, Alanda. I will also like to uh, wish a happy Heritage Day to all your listeners and to all South Africans. It's uh, a huge privilege for South Africa to be celebrating a day, which is also a, a, a holiday. But beyond holiday, Heritage Day is uh, really a day where we remember. Thank you. We must remember where we are coming from, we must also remember what are our roots as uh, South Africans, what differentiates us from others, but also what links us to others in terms of values, in terms of uh, uh, behavior, 
but also in terms of uh, what we have as identity. Heritage Day is not only about our identity, it's also about uh, how diverse we are, how different we feel with others, difference that in fact create that acceptance and the togetherness that create our country. Finally, I think that Heritage Day should also be for us an occasion to market ourselves as South African. We have diverse cultures. We also have a quite rich natural heritage, big parks with animals. I always say that even the air we breathe is part of our heritage. And there's a huge debate happening right now on climate change. And this involves a number of heritage which are shared within us as human beings, and all this is a way for us to remember and celebrate on this special day that our government chose to about our heritage. Mm. Um, Jane, how would you define Heritage Day to you? What does it mean to you? Um, I think for me, Heritage Day is a very special day because it's just that day, and I must say that I believe that we should not just reserve this to just a day or a month, but it should be something that we celebrate. But in essence, this day is special because it is the day where we, as South Africans, we must sit, and even as Africans, sit and reflect in terms of who we are, where do we come from, where do we want to go, what are the legacies from those who came before us, what is it that makes us unique, different yet similar in terms of the commonalities uh, because this is what makes us who we are as a people, the essence of our being and the sense of our pride as a people and as a nation. Would you say that um, somehow South Africans are sort of forgetting where they come from? I mean, why is there so much emphasis about heritage on this day, whereas heritage is something we should be celebrating and talking about and communicating, Jane, every day? Um, obviously, the, our legacy, the past, the apartheid and colonial past, because the idea and the agenda for colonialism and apartheid was basically for us to negate our identity. It was drummed in our consciousness that our heritages, our practices were backward, were not good enough. So a lot of us developed that kind of negation of ourselves, where we almost feel embarrassed in terms of our practices, our rituals, and our belief systems, and that which we hold dear. So for us, it's a process of re-education and relearning and rediscovery of our own selves and those things that we hold and close to us. Mm. Because, unfortunately, we still need to, to do that. We lost a lot of this heritage. A lot of the artifacts on those symbols that are part of our heritage were also destroyed. So we have even kind of partially forgotten about some of these things that we, we call heritage. As you know, that there are tangible and intangible aspects. As much as we also have natural resources that are part of our own heritage. So I think it's important and it was good for South Africa after attaining our freedom to reserve a special day or a day where as South Africans we can sit and reflect and remind ourselves to regain back the trust and pride of who we are and what we've inherited. 
from our ancestors. Mm. I mean, Swaibo, how would you respond to that? Because our world is forever revolving. We're raising young children who, for them, heritage culture is, is anything. And it can be, as she said, tangible, non-tangible. Our kids are speaking different languages. Our kids are more lenient towards English. And yet um, there's no emphasis on their African culture and they don't see the need for it. So how do we really relearn that and fix what has gone wrong? Thank you. I think gender is a quite important aspect, which is that uh, heritage is what we relate to. That's extremely important. But in the same time, heritage being natural or cultural is not something that doesn't move. It's changed. We even have day-to-day heritage. Heritage is, in fact, a permanent creation or recreation that we fought when we are confronted to the world. Nowadays, for instance, we have Internet. You have all those assets, WhatsApp, and this also define our current heritage, which cannot be only about our roots. But as Africans, as South Africans, we cannot neglect our roots. Hence, the whole idea of how do we market ourselves? How do we market our identity locally? How, for instance, do we use our skills to develop small business in terms of cloth? How do we market our, our skills to create jobs? And these are things that heritage can generate. You know, when you go to a site, for instance, you have a guide, a tour guides. It's a skill. Mm. And this is, it can be transformed to small business. So I think you have a lot of examples here in Safra, but also elsewhere on the continent, where heritage resources are being used to generate development and create jobs and give that, that, that sense of pride that goes with what belongs to me. Mm-hmm. Let, let's get into the indigenous languages because mm-hmm. I also feel that, you know, this is part of the, of the discussion. And we saw now on the television, our president, Sora Maposa, opening that library of indigenous uh, languages in, in Uppington. You know, what, what role does that play? Or what does that symbolize, uh, Swaibo? Because it's so important and yet we're only starting it's almost as if we're trying to correct certain things that we didn't do correctly somewhere along the line think when it comes to language i may say that uh, coming from a french-speaking country indigenous is even a word that i'm not comfortable with mm. we can talk of local languages talk of uh, maybe endogenous languages but indigenous if to just to keep your word which is indigenous languages if you go back a little bit to our history in this country the whole abrisal in 1976 in soweto comes or it came from the misuse of our language because you have a kind of uh, struggle to have our local languages as part of the curriculum of have a kind of recognition and that creates the revolt mm. you see mm. just to say that language is a power mm. and language is the first tool of identity myself i'm a yoruba and i can use your channel to greet yorubas here in my language when you, you start speaking a language 
Then you start, you know, bridging with others. And then you start also sharing easily without, uh, you know, hiding without hiding, let's say, uh, under any artifice. Mm. Then you start to really a real dialogue. So language is the first way, I think, politically. Mm. When we start then teaching or going through education in our language, then we really start empowering mm. ourselves in a sustainable way. Mm. Well, that's the voice of Swaibo Variso, who's the executive director at the African World Heritage Fund. We also joined on the line by Jane Mufamadi, who's the CEO of Freedom Park. The time now is 20 minutes after 11 Central African time. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back after this. Hello. To celebrate African women's achievements, self-emancipation, human rights and democracy, listen to Humanity, Women in Unity, an advocacy radio program against all forms of gender-based discrimination and violence against women. Humanity, Women in Unity, on Channel Africa every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday at 5 past 6 Central African Time. Humanity, Women in Unity, with Dr. Amalea Gonez-Malka, every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday morning at 5 past 6 Central African Time. Channel Africa, celebrating African women's achievements, the voice of the African Renaissance, from an African perspective. When I think back to my childhood, geographically, it reminds me of a time where I was black and only black and only struggling, but at the same time, always reaching for something more, something bigger in a South Africa that was hostile. Hello, Africa. This is 1000 African Voices, and I'm your host, Avurengui. Join me on Channel Africa every Thursday morning between 8 and 9 and on Saturday and Sunday morning between 9 and 10. Rise, Africa, rise. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Well, good morning to all our listeners. If you're in South Africa, happy Heritage Day, South Africa. Uh, this is a day which we encourage our, 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 our people to celebrate their culture, their diversity, their beliefs and traditions. And just driving to work today, I saw such a beautiful picture, people dressed in their regalia, people walking proudly, people really trying to express themselves in their cultures and that's really what we want to discuss here on our program today. I'm joined by Swaibo Variso who's the executive director at the African World Heritage Fund and Jane Mufamadi who is the CEO at Freedom Park. Now Jane let me just take this part of the conversation with you. I want us to go back to languages but a little bit later I just want to talk a bit more about Freedom Park. I mean this is one of the symbols of our history and heritage do you think that enough attention is given to places like Freedom Park, the one that you run? Um, I believe not. I think we, we particularly in the heritage space, um, have a lot of work to do to re-educate, 
to motivate and encourage not just uh, South Africans, but the, the Africans in general, to start appreciating our heritage sites and monuments. Uh, in our annual statistics, when we check, particularly when we do, luckily for Freedom Park, unlike many others, the, the large number of visitors are South Africans, but it, you find that it's particularly schools and tertiary institutions compared to ordinary visitors who come on a daily basis. But if you were to take it out of South Africa, um, we have the majority of our African brothers and sisters in South Africa. But you find that people, the majority of visitors are either from the U.S., from Germany, from France, mm. compared to our brothers and sisters. And yet what we are preserving is not just for South Africans, but for the, for the continent at large. Because the liberation heritage that we are preserving at Freedom Park it's not for South Africans, but for the African continent. Mm -hmm. And we find that it seems like South Africans in particular, but Africans in general, mm -hmm. don't necessarily appreciate and visit heritage sites, mm -hmm. which actually is an expression of who they are and the legacy bequeathed by those who came before us. Mm -hmm. So I think we need to do a lot of work to educate ourselves as a nation to start appreciating to start preserving and learning about, in essence, who are we, where do we come from, even in terms of the liberation heritage that we talk about. Maybe some of the challenges that we're experiencing now will not be really expressed. I just came back from uh, Angola uh, yesterday. Uh, there was a Biennale, but other than that, we were, we were looking at the role that Angola played in supporting South Africa <coughs> during the, the anti-apartheid movement. We have we, we brought back more than 385 names of South Africans who died in Angola. So if we started, if we knew and appreciated, I think the distance and the difference that we think other people are from us, then we will change our minds and it will also change our mindset in terms of how do we look at our fellow brothers as mm -hmm. well, as strangers or foreigners, because we were there, our people were also in these countries, and therefore... That is the work of institutions like Freedom Park and our sister entities to start educating and re-educating us about the significance of preserving and learning about our history and heritage and where we come from as a nation. Hmm. I'm glad you raised that point, and I see Swaibo across from me is is nodding his head. I mean, we are doing ourselves a disservice, aren't we? We are supposed to be the holders, the marketers of our own heritage right here in Africa, right here in South Africa. Yet people from Europe, people from America, they come here in floods and they flock to see what South Africa and Africa has has um, has in store. So, I, I mean, how do we then? make heritage fashionable for Africans? <laughs> That's a very big uh, question. I thank you for, for that. I think a heritage, it's linked to how we are educated. All goes back to education. Not only at school, but also at home. What are we relating to? To make heritage more fashionable, we cannot say that it's not fashionable, remember? Mm. Our continent, African continent, is the only continent in the world where you have the big five, the so-called big five, to come back to natural heritage, living in the natural environment. Mm. And because of the beauty of those big fives, they were even exported in other parts in the world. 
Africa is also the cradle of humankind, real cradle. From Eastern Africa to Southern Africa, now is even going to Central Africa, where you have various steps of how we, as human beings, we were created mm. over time. And Africa is also very rich in terms of technologies. You know, this is uh, the region where you have the oldest iron metallurgy evidences. Somewhere where we call Jene Geno, is somewhere there in between Nigeria in, and Mali. And then through migrations, historic migration, you have the, uh, th that technology spent over Africa to other regions by Bantu, for instance, Bantu people, to East Africa, but most important to Southern Africa, with also innovation in the whole expansion movements. So you have all those movements, historic movements that happen over time, and when people are moving around, they are also moving with their knowledge yes. and sometimes their technologies. That's how we also build Africa. To come back to your question in terms of bridging, I think each region each population, each people, each individual carries some heritage with him or her. But at the same time, we carry our heritage in uh, bearing in mind that we also share a lot of values, a lot of knowledge, and then create that humanity that in, it is in us. One way to fashion heritage is also through branding it. Mm. We have the na national heritage, of course, which is a brand, which comes with a number of means and resources allocated by government because it's national. You can have provincial heritage. We also need to start having our African brand, and that's an AU battle to maybe come through the implementation of what we call the Charter of African Cultural Renaissance. It's an AU test. We also have the branding, of course, the fashion making of our heritage at global level. Mm. And that's now we are talking world heritage. And that's the heart of the matter of the work the African Work Heritage Done, where the African Work Heritage Fund has been doing to see how we identify and then market mm. our African heritage as a continent to the world mm. through branding, branding to the world, the UNESCO World Heritage Branding. Mm. Mm. And Jane, let me come back to you. Uh, I mean, we, I'm listening to Swaibo saying, I mean, they do uh, support these initiatives of branding heritage. But I mean, running um, a, a place like you running Freedom Park in Pretoria, if I'm not uh, mistaken, how difficult yes. is it to, 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 to create or to have that marketing space and to be seen out there, especially in Pretoria, because we're not only talking about Europeans here, but you're saying to South Africans, come, come, come learn. But it's almost as if we take our own heritage for granted. Yes, it's, it's quite a bit of a challenge. Um, there is an interest, but the interest you find is mainly in the academic space rather than, say, the private sector. Mm. Um, with, with the dwindling resources, we embarked on a fundraising drive. And you find that when you go to this, private sector to ask for funding, to fund uh, for marketing, they will tell you that, no, we're focusing on education, we're focusing on health and so forth. So there is kind of a neglect on heritage. We, we, we always say amongst ourselves that sometimes we feel like uh, at a higher level, people think of heritage as the last uh, something, by the way, and, and not something that should be at the center. Yet, if you look at the emerging uh, world powers and economies like China, 
they, they center around their heritages and cultures. And you can see what happens when countries that are grounded in their own legacies of heritage and culture, how they're doing well. Because the, what we can offer to the world that is unique is our, through our own heritage. So I was talking about issues around uh, sustainability and economy and interpretation. Mm-hmm. This is where we need to start. The, our designs, we need to start taking them to the world to be in the profession and so forth and so forth and not think small scale through our heritage because we have a lot to offer to the world. And this is, I believe, what we need to do, uh, taking this uh, heritage forward. But again, importantly, your question on how do we make heritage fashionable, I think we need to start influencing our curriculum properly Mm. so that we can start teaching our children from the young age about some of the the successes. Um, I mean, talk about Mapungu, as Waibo referred to, and and that before colonialists came, our own people were mining. Uh, Go to Mali. Almost each household have got manuscripts and archives of knowledge of astronomy, knowledge of science, health, and so forth. You name it. Mm. Actually, I dare say that a lot of what we find in Europe was actually taken from ourselves. Mm. And yet, mm. we are not proud of what we have in terms of knowledge and skills and what we have inherited from the past, mm. which we need to take forward, which we need to use to turn around the, the, the circumstances in Africa. I believe that through centering heritage, culture, and indigenous knowledge systems, we can easily attain <coughs> our vision for the AU's Agenda 2063, where they talk about self-determination and sustainable development. We need to start from highlighting and learning from our own heritage and selling what our heritage is mm. and look, explore issues around sustainable development. Let me take this to you, Swai, because I mean, both of you and Jane are, are, are emphasizing education and how it starts with education, influencing the curriculum, teaching children from a young age. We've seen the, the Department of Education wanting to introduce history as a compulsory subject um, and uh, also in introducing home languages. So Zulu, Sutu, kids can learn it from grade one. They don't have to take on English as a first language anymore. So are these probably all the necessary steps that we need to to go forward? Definitely. That's uh, a powerful step. step, And uh, I'm quite glad that at, uh, let's say, political level, you have that willingness to to go ahead and uh, empower our our routing in our own languages. Mm. I can even give you another example at African Union level where... One African language is now being recognized as an African language. And when I'm I'm, I'm saying African here is as a continent, Mm. it's Swahili. Yes. Swahili, uh, which is true, is the mother of many languages in Africa. And in addition to Zulu, Mm -hmm. Soto, it would be great to have Swahili so that we as Africans, we can start speaking among ourselves before passing through English, French, mm-hmm. with all that divide that we are observing and which also, you know, jeopardizing our ability to understand and mm-hmm. to communicate among one, 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 uh, 
one another. So I think this is a political battle to undertake and to support. And uh, all our organization should uh, be, uh, let's say, uh, around the same battle. Mm. And then I think we'll definitely move ahead if uh, we are consistent mm. with that approach. Well, that's the voice of Swaibo Variso, also joined by Jane Mufamadi from Freedom Park. Let's take a last break and then we'll wrap up after this. I am an African. I owe my being to the hills and the valleys, the mountains and the glades, the rivers, the deserts, the trees, the flowers, the seas, and the ever-changing seasons that define the face of our native land. Masterclass Africa, where great minds connect. An explorative one-on-one talk show that seeks to tackle issues of leadership and consciousness on the African continent and around the world. Masterclass comes to you every Fridays, 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock Central African time. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Well, it's 24 minutes to 12. A reminder that at 15 minutes before 12, we're going to get an econ update. And then 10 minutes before 12 is our sports update. Well, happy Heritage Day, South Africa. This is the day where we encourage everyone to celebrate their culture, their diversity, their beliefs and traditions. Go out there and be proud. But not only for today. This is a day, as we've been speaking with both the guests that I've had, that heritage is supposed to be celebrated and emphasized and spoken of every day and not on the 24th of September. Well, I'm joined in studio by Swaibo Variso, who's the executive director at the African World Heritage Fund. And on the line, we have Jane Mufamadi, who's the CEO of Freedom Park. Swaibo, what role do institutions such as the African World Heritage Fund have to play in the preservation of our heritage? The, the role is at uh, d- different levels. We first have to identify through documentation what heritage means for us as Africans. Identify and mm. document. Documentation is key because documentation involves research, mm. It also involves a kind of, you know, s- scaling of heritage. You have different kind of heritage also, and put them into boxes, mm. and which is which are categories here. So you have the documentation aspect. You also have the whole training aspect. We are referring to education, mm. but skill development is key when it comes to managing heritage and if, if just recognizing heritage and why not you use a word which is quite powerful fashioning heritage mm. let's say marketing is a matter of skill and the skill in conservation identification of heritage cons- how do we conserve it the heritage maybe we didn't emphasize it enough is what we have inherited as human being of what we created but that we have to be using in a way that our kids or people who come after us, we call them next generation, would also benefit and enjoy. Mm. I mean, that's heritage, what it means. 
So whenever we are creating or we've seen, we have to make sure that we use it in a way that uh, other generations use it. So that's also the role of AWHF to identify, to train, to develop skills, but also to market. And the World Heritage is, as I said, a tool for marketing. You have a country like Italy nowadays, who is uh, the, one of those countries with the highest number of World Heritage sites mm. on the North World Heritage list. Italy doesn't have petrol. They don't have iron. They don't have mining. They are just using tourism based on heritage resources. Wow. You also have, if uh, we're on TV, you see what I'm wearing. Mm. We call it Faso Danfani. It's uh, from Burkina Faso. Mm. And I'm giving this example for me. It's a quite powerful one as well. Because when you go to Burkina Faso nowadays, in all official functions, you have people dressing in local dresses mm. made with local cotton. And that's how we create industries and we create a, chance, a value chains that then give value to our heritage resources. You so you have, we have the need, I think, of political, more political engagement so that mm. at official functions, why not our president, mm. our ministers, wear South African uh, material mm. and made by South Africans? Because that's how we are also creating a chain of value, and then it will give more weight to our heritage resources. Mm. And we can also design those materials with, uh, you know, a site like Freedom Park, mm. like mm. Mapungubwe, mm. like Robben Island. When then we start selling from icon point of view, our heritage resources mm. and references. What are your thoughts, Jane? Because Swaibo makes an important point about carrying it into the next generation. And because we are living in this global village and modernization is happening, our children don't understand a pure uh, um, reason why you would have to slaughter a cattle for, for a wedding. And, you know, they'll tell you about animal abuse and how you're abusing animals. And how do you then go back and say, this is actually part of our culture and explain it because it is part of our culture and you don't want them to lose this important symbol of why it is that you have to slaughter a cow when umakoti simamgela or when we take umkwenyana. I think that that's a good question. And and again, it goes back to education to say, you know, you see a lot of negativity in the media around certain cultural practices, which is part of our heritage. What we need to do is then to take time and educate those who do not understand. The good thing about culture is that cultures are not static, dynamic. Uh, we, we keep as we go. And that which we keep and we live in the present becomes our heritage. Mm. But... By educating those who the slaughtering during a, a wedding ceremony, for example, that is very symbolic. Um, I sat with Lakasuku from the Northwest, and she was teaching us about that, to say the exchange. You know, when they, they don't just slaughter for people to eat, to serve people at, at lunch, but mm. they will even exchange a, a, a part of an animal between the family. Between that the is families. Symbolic mm. In terms of why is that done, in terms of cementing the relationship and the joining of the two families. So we really need to start educating people about certain practices. And that is the, the, the interesting aspect around heritage and culture, that what is perceived as normal 
and necessary by one community to be viewed as unacceptable by the other. But it is when we start dialoguing and interacting mm. and uh, educating each other that we begin to understand and appreciate why certain practices are necessary for that community to survive, to take their legacy forward as well. So that is the work that we, we need to do. Mm. What are your parting shots, Swaibo? I've got about a minute and a half left here. When, it, when we come to this discussion, how, how would you wrap it up? I think there are probably three words to keep from this uh, discussion. Is that heritage is about our identity. That's key. And we have to work around our identity. Heritage is also about our living capability to live together, togetherness. And then I think heritage is also how we are marketing ourselves, how we are showing who we are to South Africa and to the world. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, thank you. That's the voice of Swaibo Variso, who's the executive director at African World Heritage Fund. On the line, we're also joined by Jane Mufamadi, who's the CEO of Freedom Park. Thank you both for joining us. Happy Heritage Day and for sacrificing 45 minutes of your Heritage Day to talk about this important day and why we should go out there and be proud Africans and South Africans. Thank you both very much.